welcome to the Halftime Mike Podcast, presented by basketball fan and Hoosier native Mike Gingrich, where practical, no-nonsense resourcing on social media, business marketing, and life is presented, because the adjustments made at halftime help you win the game in the second half. Hello, hello, and welcome to another Halftime Mike podcast. We're going live this time on Blab, and I have Jeff Corhan with me. Jeff is the best-selling author of Built-In Social, the essential social media marketing practices for every small business. He's also a host of a podcast like myself. His is called This Old New Business Podcast, and he's a primary contributor to Social Media Guide for floral retailers and wholesalers, paid to speak, and much more. Jeff founded a landscape services company that was twice named business Small Business of the Year during its two decades of operation, and he now helps mainstream businesses use media to create exceptional customer service experiences. I like that. Create exceptional customer service experiences that drive business growth in a digital, social, and global business environment. He's a trainer. He's a coach. Uh, he's a keynote speaker for associations and member organizations. So welcome, Jeff. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. It's good to have you back again, and uh, this time in a new format, uh, live on Blab here as we get started today. Yes, and so if anything goes wrong, this is all my fault because this is my first Blab. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, uh, you and I talked about this a little bit, but let's frame it for the audience. We want to talk about uh, basically business processes, your digital first impressions. That's kind of what I called it, the, the keys to your digital first impressions, and I'm saying impressions, plural, because uh, I think that that's important to recognize online. And when we talk about the digital first impression, most people are going to think about their website. But nowadays, you have to be aware of and prepared for it being your people online uh, because they're, they're representing you. They're on social media. And so by de facto, default, they are going to represent you. And uh, that's a significant consideration for businesses, the live first impression. And it needs to be congruent and validate your online, you know, that impression. So you ready to dive into that? Absolutely. Okay. All right. So you've been writing on this, and that's what kind of spurred me to invite you on with this topic. And let's just start with the basics. I mentioned it already, but the website. We both agree it's a key piece of that first impression nowadays. Uh, Why... Why is that from your perspective? Just give us some more input on that. Sure, sure. Well, uh, first of all, I thought it was interesting that you called it first impressions plural because I hadn't quite uh, taken this that far. But I will say uh, to a very great extent, I have been obsessed with this idea for a long, long time. So back when I had my landscape business, uh, the first impression was basically the first phone call. But that wasn't very much. It was really what the potential buyer experience when they came into your office. And so how we orchestrated that experience was was just absolutely, um, it was a major effort. Okay, so let's fast forward 20 plus years. Now we have this digital uh, presence uh, impressions. Yep. So in addition to the website, we have other things, but let's start with the website since you brought that up. I think more than anything, it has to be modern and that's uh, for lack of a better word uh, mobile responsive uh, organized uh, just like we organize that experience from the from the front of our site 
to the front door, what landscaping plants they would see in that experience, the paving out front in the parking lot area, you know, the whole ambiance when they passed through that space into the conference room, how they were greeted, so on and so forth. Obviously, uh, the better web designers, uh, they, they take all of that into account. And so they do a lot of what I've been learning about. Um, I believe they call these empathy maps, you know, what the user is thinking, seeing, feeling, and doing every single step of the way, you know, where on the page they're clicking, why they're clicking, if they click on that page, where do they go from there? And so um, I think we all need to be doing that, whether it's with a website or with a physical presence, we really need to be thinking a lot about, you know, turning things around and being very customer facing and thinking about what the heck is going on in their brains and how can we influence that to favorably uh, attract them to us, then of course, engage them with our business and ultimately, hopefully convert that into a new customer. Yep, yep. Now, you went through this one quickly, but you said mobile responsive. I mean, and that's, we know that uh, Google made a change this year, was it in April, that uh, they made the algorithm change, and so they began actually favoring in search results sites that are mobile friendly. So, you know, that's just critical today. And mm -hmm. when we talk about mobile friendly, we're saying that to your, your site hopefully is responsive so that respond to the device, right? And um, whether they're on a mobile phone, tablet, desktop, and it's just incredible, isn't it? The increase of people uh, accessing websites on mobile devices. It, it really is, and, and whatever the medium is. So even newsletters, I was shocked, I won't mention who my provider is, to find out that my newsletter was not mobile responsive. And then finally, I reached out to other people using the same platform, figured out how to get it right. Uh, since then, you know, I am just so aware of everybody's newsletter and how does it adapt to the various devices. And so working with my own clients, uh, using my, uh, what is it now, three-year-old iPhone 5, uh, he's got an Android, so he sees it differently than I do. And, you know, we're still kind of working through this, but... Gosh, you know, more than 50% of all searches, more than probably half of all those experiences, I can't back that up with data, is from that device. So if we're ignoring that, then we're ignoring, you know, half of the opportunities that are out there. Yep, yep. We had a uh, I had an interesting conversation here recently. We have clients, we host a number of websites, and we have a client that has an e-commerce website, and um, they were... Uh, not convinced that they should be looking at updating their website. And uh, I said, well, you know, let's take a look at your Google Analytics. And so we went back in their Google Analytics. This is an e-commerce website. 55% of their traffic was mobile, and they do not have a mobile-friendly website. They're selling products online, and uh, over half of their people are coming in on a mobile device, and, and you just cannot navigate it well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, here, I'll tell you a story. When I finally did get my newsletter, Mobile Responsive, so I've always encouraged people to respond, to engage. I think of it as a two-way conversation. When I finally got it right, I went from two or three responses to uh, a couple of dozen. Thank you. Yes, looks great. Better, cleaner. Just It just went on and on. And just, I, I, you know, we all know that we're looking for an engagement, and, and I got it. And so thankfully, it told me that people were actually, you know, listening, reading and so forth, but they weren't responding because obviously the experience was not quite right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So first impressions, website, and we talked about being mobile friendly and uh, you talk, I like that empathy map. That's just, that's kind of neat to, to, to flip it around, take a look at it from the perspective of 
people coming there. We, we have so much uh, that we bring to it that we got to get rid of that, that a newcomer to the site doesn't. So I like that. And um, any, anything else you want to add with that empathy map or just keys to that first impression on your website? Well, you know, I'm not a website expert, but I, I read a lot. And uh, somebody brought to my attention a particular post on um, Mashable that was some, entitled something like um, Website Design is Dead. And the gist of the article was, you know, it, it's less about that jazzy, fancy experience. Uh, it, it's more about creating a vessel. It's, it's about the content, really, and how we hopefully consume that content. And so I think thinking in terms of white space and clarity and, again, just go back to that empathy map. You know, if that experience is not smooth and easy and right for whoever that buyer is. I was talking about this with somebody today because my buyers are not technology savvy necessarily. Some of them are, but there's there's quite a different um, way that I set things up versus somebody that really has a savvy, um, let's say, um, uh, user, buyer, customer who would know to click on that little you know thing that drops down a menu. I mean, a lot of times when you have to really fight to find the menu, I just don't think that's a great experience. And maybe a more sophisticated web user knows to go and look for that, but not everybody does. Right. And I, for one, have a tough time finding them many times. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's keep moving then into our second area for, of that first impression online, and that is a business's people. Because uh, what was the stat? That 80-some percent of... Uh, U.S. users of the internet are using social media actively. So you know, and you were talking about you come from that landscaping industry, and uh, you're reaching out to a lot of them. Uh, I think that maybe a number of them would have the question, you know, uh, what, what do I need to be worried about with my landscape employees for my company? You know, because we're we're in the dirt, um, we're we're taking care of stuff there. So. Are you saying, and I think we are, and maybe you want to expand upon this, that they, uh, a business like that, even ones where the employees are digging in the dirt, need to be aware of the first impression by their people online, social media? Yes, yes. I, I can't imagine that there is a business where it's not about people first. That, to me, is the last differentiator. It's that uh, culture of the company. It, it's how much you care. It's showing that you care. Uh, as an example, for us, it was the little things. You know, when our maintenance crews would go out and take care of a property, we would roll up garden hoses. We would take the newspaper. Now I'm dating myself. That was in the driveway. People don't do that anymore. They get it online. But we would walk up and hand that to the client when we greeted them. That sort of a thing. So uh, whoever it is, I, I think the expectation is just very high these days. You know, we used to say, you know, we don't just meet expectations. We exceed them. I say... You can't do that anymore because expectations are way up here because the buyer has access to so much media. They have access to all these other companies that can replace yours in a minute. So uh, so what's left? It's taking the focus off of products and services and, and again, being customer facing and showing them, uh, for lack of a better way to put it, you know, that you really do care, that you want your their business, you're willing to earn it in, in whatever way that takes and just getting them to know you as a person and that means you know putting people out there in front of the business and putting the products and services and so forth the stuff we traditionally had out in front put that in the back and and just connect 
Okay. All right. So people first, people out there, but that's going to be scary for many small businesses to mm -hmm. think about. And, and so if they're going to, uh, I mean, and I think the, the question is not should, it's it is because the, these people are on social media and, and they have their networks and those networks know where they work. And so that's an impression of your business, right? Mm -hmm. And so what, knowing this is there, what's that first step or what's, what's the guide? How do you begin to coach a business on how they coach their team? Wow. Uh, everybody has to be on the same page. And so this gets to what I used to call the selling process or the sales process. Um, some people call it the buyer's journey, but some think of the buyer's journey as what happens before they become a customer. Uh, I, for lack of a better description, I call it the customer experience. But I think everybody needs to understand, you know, what we do from the beginning, which obviously now starts online before you even know you have a relationship with that customer all the way through. So let's say you know what information you have online, the phone rings or whatever that first touch is. Uh, everybody needs to know what has to happen first. And in my mind personally, I think of that whole experience as a narrative. It's telling stories, uh, it, it's engaging people. So hopefully, rather than just uh, pitching uh, the lead, let's say, off to somebody kicking it upstairs or out to the field. Hopefully they have an interesting story to, to convey and, and to really just, you know, again, capture the culture of that company. Uh, that's what we did. It was very orchestrated when we got to budget or not, uh, how we literally pushed that agreement, that contract across the table, when we did it, what we felt like we had to cover first. Uh, certain things had to happen. So in our minds, this was kind of like a GPS that basically kept everybody on track and, and took the guesswork out of what should happen next. It's kind of like when you're a speaker and you get in front of an audience and we both do this, as you know, uh, if you're thinking about your material, you're dead, <laughs> you know, so you have to own and understand and know that material. That's the business process such that you can then uh, respond to an yeah, audience. Uh, to that, your environment. Huh? Exactly. Yeah. So it, it's how do you keep everybody in the moment where they can be themselves and just kind of relax and, and engage with customers? Well, the only way I knew to do that was to really map out and practice that, uh, that customer experience and get people, you know, answering questions and solving problems for those customers, you know, it, n nobody has all the answers, but if you care enough to listen and ask the right questions, uh, that's engaging right there. Okay. Okay. I like that. The, the narrative, just being able to communicate that story. And um, are there, is it going to be helpful to have uh, a social media policy or some, some guides, some things that, that surround that for a business? I'm not a big policy person, but I, I think having some guidelines, uh, the one I always fall back on is, is what Zappos does. I don't know if they still do this, but the last time I visited them several years ago, they said, look, you know, we've got our core values. We don't need a social media policy. We just uh, tell everybody, look, when you're on social media, respect the core values and everything else will work out fine. And so that takes the fear out of that because I've, I've worked with uh, a number of different industries one in particular was uh, community bankers. And um, between my opening and closing keynote uh, was all these compliance issues. And after I 
watched and heard and listened to all that, I understood why they were terrified about uh, getting on, on this stage we call social media. And so I just said, look, you know, just, just be yourself. Forget about the bank. Forget about the business. Uh, people are wanting to get to know you as a person. If you can accomplish that, then, then you're successful in my mind. Okay. Yeah. Now, um, I'm going to guess that a, a lot of businesses that you come into contact with are not up to speed in this, and they, they might be lagging behind. And um, what's, um, what are the items you see most often that they need to improve on? I would say, you know, you're right. Everybody's behind. We're all behind. Nobody can possibly keep up. We know that for a fact. So uh, let's say you have somewhat of a presence. It's usually a little too stiff. You know, it, it's the, uh, the resume type of uh, LinkedIn profile. You know, make it friendlier. Tell your business story. Uh, why, why do you do the work that you do today? And so I, as you can imagine, I work with uh, a lot of uh, landscape type clients. Uh, they all have interesting stories about, um, you know, maybe they were cutting lawns as a kid or, or maybe they, uh, one that I work with, uh, he um, uh, grew up uh, for a period of time in Europe and got to see all the gardens in Holland and, you know, beautiful, you know, kind of uh, just classic gardens. And that really got his attention and got him into the green industry. So everybody has that story. Uh, you know, tell that on your social media profiles and instantly I think you're going to jump off the page because everybody else is given the standard bio, the awards, the accolades and the so forth. And, and those have their place just like testimonials do. But, but really that personal story, especially if you don't have much else to share, maybe you're just getting started. That's, that's the best place to start. Okay. So, and that's, and that's basically just having people revisit their social profiles. Uh, mm -hmm. so team members and, and flushing that out as you can with, with a story, with something that uh, shows uh, some, some values some behind the scenes that, uh, that maybe epitomizes the, your, your core values in operation. Exactly, exactly. So if you can find that thread that is going to be powerful. Uh, uh, one landscape company I work with as an example, um, the landscape architect, uh, he's a beekeeper, and so he has that respect for nature. And somebody that runs the office, uh, she is into herb gardening. And, you know, so we're looking for ways to find the intersection of all that. And, and that partly explains why they, they enjoy working for that business. Okay. Yep. Yep. All right. Uh, so we, we've kind of covered those things. First impression, website, and another part of the first impression is people with people thinking through you know, how can you help them tell your story, the, the business story? And then a first step is going to be their profiles. Uh, what, what else? What are, what are um, things that maybe, maybe this is the framing the question that businesses, again, are going to be afraid of the time commitment it's going to take to do this. Hey, we're landscapers. You know, what do we... How are we going to get involved with this this training and and you know how do we monitor our team members? Uh, what do you say to that kind of time factor question that that people or business owners are concerned about? Well, what I say is that look, you are solving problems every day. You may not call it content marketing, but you're solving problems. You're answering questions. You're bringing solutions to the customer. All you have to do is start writing a little bit of that down. You know, three sentences. So. Uh, what I recommend when I leave an organization, meaning speaking to a, a, an organization, association, 
uh, is look, charge your frontline people. Uh, these are the ones making that first impression. Uh, that may be the salesperson, that may be the people in the field, that may be somebody answering the telephone. Uh, just after they have served that customer, have them ask you know, a question. And the question is, do you mind if I ask you a question? Yep. Sure, no, go ahead. You know, and, and make that question something like, if I could solve one problem for you, what would it be? And then go solve that problem. And the next time they come back, uh, they will be very, very impressed that you took the time to do that. And while you're solving that, write it down. And if everybody's doing that, now instantly, depending upon how many employees you have, you've got 10, 20, maybe 50 solutions that can be uh, woven into these profiles and into the website and the blog post. And, and that narrative, you know, you'll find the best stories will carry through into everything and, and train new uh, hires on, on how that works. Okay, now that's, that's being able to ask the questions. What, what are the problems, solve the problems, and uh, I kind of like that. So you're, you're talking about the stories that people can share, that they can relate to those, but if I heard you right, you're talking about weaving that into content on the website. So answering those questions as content on the website. Exactly, and, and, and recognizing the fact that the problems that exist in every single industry are chronic. Uh, you know, you see people posting on, on Facebook about their bad experience with a flight or a hotel or a restaurant. Uh, the same happens in healthcare. The same happens in landscaping. Uh, the customers, the buyers, they know what those are. Uh, think about how impressed they are going to be with the company that, that first of all, acknowledges that they're not perfect and, and that these are part of, of the buyer's mindset and is willing to address them. I, I just, again, I think you just, uh, when, when you're open and honest like that and, and show that you're prepared, it, it's really going to help you stand out. Okay. All right. Now, um, let's, let's come back around to your book, you know, Build In Social then. So what is the intent with your book and how is that going to, you know, is that, is that relevant to this conversation for, for business owners? It is. You know, it, it, the book is designed about around a very simple model, which is uh, if you're worrying about social media, and, and a lot of companies are, you know, most of them are saying, you know, I need to do a better job or I need to do something here. And, and they focus on the social media, you know, start. And, and that's starting in the middle. That's that's trying to engage with the customer using media without thinking about the front end, which is content, which is you know, what are their problems? What are, what are, what, what's on their minds? And, and developing solutions for that. And, and somehow you have to get those solutions out there online. So typically we all know, you know, the salespeople know this, that they are problem solvers. Well, these days um, problems are being solved uh, through the media that the buyer is able to search for. And, and, and that's a big part of that first segment of the book, which is, you know, LinkedIn is searchable, the web is searchable, uh, you know, there, there's so much going on. I mean, Facebook to some extent is searchable. Uh, we don't want to get into all this, but, uh, it, you know, the truth is people are looking for solutions to problems. If you can be that solution, and if that can be published online somewhere where they can find it, they're going to find your business. The next step is up to you, which is to somehow figure out a way to engage with them. Maybe that's social media, maybe that's direct selling, maybe it's mailing out a print piece. Um, but, that's the new game you know it, it's a game that uh those of us that have worked long before digital had to learn how to play and and <laughs> whatever business you're in you have to learn how to play this game yeah okay you know i think that uh so many small business owners 
miss the fact of how their employees are going to represent them online. I mean, because many times they'll think, you know, well, I'm not having them post on our page. I'm not having them tweet as our company. Um, but, you know, for example, the I, I found on so many people, I mean, it's, it's common for someone to list their employer on their Facebook profile. Okay. So, you know, if you friend somebody or you're connected to them, you go over to their profile, you know, many times they're going to have maybe their spouse or um, children, but they're also often going to have an employer there. And that's could link through to your to your business page as an owner of a company um, but it's often it's just there and and so whatever that person does on Facebook uh, to, to some degree it potentially is going to represent who your company is because that's that's a person that that your name your company is tied to on a public profile on Facebook isn't that I mean I think Business owners miss that sometimes. Yes, yes. I mean, the whole thing is when all things are equal, and many times they are equal, meaning the typical buyer cannot differentiate between the products and services being offered. The only way they know how is price. And, and the reason they do that is we don't give them another reason to differentiate. And that's because of this, I'll call it for lack of a better word, the likability factor. So we had young landscape yeah. architects, they'd meet people at the gym and, and what do you do? Oh, well, I work for this, oh, uh, well, I need some landscaping. And I would encounter that in the golf course, other managers, wherever they would encounter it at the shopping center or, you know, cause we all lived in little communities near the business, but you know, people want to work with somebody they, they, they like because they, they feel like, you know, a little bit more getting to know them, you know, then we get that trust level because without yeah. trust, there isn't, there, there's not a transaction. There's not a, a potential for a relationship. And that's what people are looking for is knowing that they're going to work with somebody that will take care of them. Because again, all things are typically equal other than the fact that you like working with someone, you're related to them. You, it's a friend of a friend. Yeah. It, it's the confidence that that gives you. And there's so many ways to build confidence. We talked about the process. We talked about likability. Uh, people are looking for a confidence, uh, for basically a reason to move forward with your business. You've, and, and those ways you're going to give that to them is quite simply just, you know, being a, a decent person that uh, they can they can get to know. And so uh, uh, that's why I say, again, don't worry about the business. You know, worry about just being a, a decent human being and, and you've got most of it covered right there. Yeah. No, I like that just because... Uh, you said something that's key, and that is that many, many, many times the, the customer can't differentiate. I mean, it's 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 basically a flat line. So what's going to be that differentiator, and and it's going to be that that personability, that likability, that trust factor. Right, right, right. Well, as an example, we were very good with stone work, and uh, that was our strength. Well, soon yeah. manufactured products started coming out, and even I had to admit that these manufactured blue stones looked like the natural blue stone. And if I was a buyer, I'd probably pick, you know, the one that was easier to install instead of having to pay us more because there was more in crafting, you know, finishing the stone and setting it up and so forth. Um, that's happening everywhere. You know, the, the self-published book used to be a joke. Now you can't tell the difference between self-published and traditional published. And in many cases, the self-published, you know, copy and everything may look even better. Uh, this is happening everywhere. And so, you know, you got to focus on people and let yeah. them kind of get to know you. That's really where we're going to differentiate our businesses these days. Okay. All right. A couple of final questions. We're heading into 
deep in the fourth quarter here of uh, 2015. And so then, um, you know, around the corner, the new year. What's, what is a small business owner needing to really just be aware of and think through, prepare for as they enter 2016 from your opinion? Well, I've been talking, I started talking about this not too long ago, but it seems like every time I bring it up, it does resonate with people. So I'll throw it out there. Okay. We talked about one, the modern website. You have to be mobile responsive, upgrade that website. Um, two, if you can do this and not everybody can, a blog. Fresh content out there with solutions to problems uh, that in connect with your, your buyers. Um, if you can't do that, you feel like that's too much, an alternative is uh, LinkedIn Publisher. You're, you've got a ready-made audience. You don't own uh, that platform, but you know I think most of us trust it for the most part. Uh, three, and this is the one where I find, um, uh, boy, there's a long way to go, and that's email marketing. Everybody that's doing anything with social media is driving traffic to their subscription list, driving traffic to their website, uh, so building that list and using that email uh, to connect, to engage, again, to tell stories, to do everything that you are otherwise doing on social media. Now, if you have the website, the blog, and the email subscriber list, you own, for the most part, and basically saying you control those three uh, channels. So what I say is, if you don't have those in place, or at least two of them, then you're wasting your time on social media because you're using your social media to drive traffic to those. So that said, yeah. one or two channels at the most. You know, Try to be really good at LinkedIn or really good at Facebook if that's the one for you or you know, whatever that channel may be. If you're in retail, it could be Instagram. But, but stop spreading yourself out so much uh, because uh, you know, the idea is these days, it's not about more content, it's about better content in the right places and at the right time, you know, which is exactly what we were doing before digital. When we had a client come to our office, you know, how we orchestrated that experience is how you should be thinking about your digital experience. And of course, then seamlessly integrating that with, with the physical experience when they, uh, when those buyers engage with your business. So let's start to focus here. And, and because, you know, we're a full decade into the social media thing and uh, it's not getting any easier, you know, yeah. so the only way it's going to get easier is with some focus. Yeah, focus. All right. And uh, final question, uh, new things for you. I think that uh, you're starting to expand into some uh, communities. Uh, you have a private community that people can opt into. Maybe you just want to share a little bit about that. What's happening there? I haven't gone public with it yet, but I guess I'll, I'll go here. <laughs> if I don't change the name, uh, we're definitely forming a community for the green industry to help them with their digital marketing. It's going to be called, I hope, uh, Landscape Digital Institute. And it's going to be you know, a lot of great free content. It's going to have a podcast that I hope is a daily short form podcast. That's going to be the leading um, you know, source of good quality content. Uh, we'll have some free courses, um, articles, and things of that nature. Okay. Um, you know, before we get to the paid content, I don't even know how we're going to monetize it. That'll probably be some sort of a um, you know type of training or a membership community. But all we're trying to do, first and foremost, is to do is to really help that specific community. So that's really my big project right now. Uh, concurrent with that is, is honestly writing the next book about this topic that we're discussing, right. which is that idea of the customer experience, because I, I think we've talked about enough today that 
anybody listening could write five books about this. So I, I really have to think about, you know, what is most vital about this. And, and again, I'll, I'll take the same approach that I did with the first book, which is, you know, my, my experience in the pre-digital world, my experience in the digital world, and, you know, try to help people that are trying to make that transition, uh, you know, what to leave in, what to leave out, that kind of a thing. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Well, I uh, thank you for being with me here today, Jeff. And uh, in the show notes here, I'm going to add them in the links as well. Going to have uh, links to your website and uh, to the book. They can find your book on your website there as well. So we'll make sure we get that that information across. People can find out more about you and join the email list, especially now since it's mobile friendly, right? So that uh, it's it's available <laughs> to everybody there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Folks, I want to remind you again, it's always about what's the doable thing that you can take away from this. And uh, this was our halftime break, and you need to take a look and say, what was it? What's the one, two actionable items that are important for me to act on soon? Write them down. Go do them. This is Mike with the Halftime Mike Podcast, wishing you a great next week. Over and out. Take care. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for listening to the Halftime Mike Podcast with Mike Gingrich. Remember, what you do in the second half can change the outcome of the game. Does your business need resourcing, tools, and social media consulting? Then visit MikeGingrich.com. Want to have Mike speak at your next event? Visit MikeGingrich.com slash speaking. Join us again for another episode of Halftime Mike, your no-nonsense guide to victory on the court of life.